I finally watched Dirty Grandpa. I'm probably about to swear really heavily at Mark. Have you seen this yet? No. A movie that I was very, very much looking forward to. Go on, Mark. It is not a good movie. Of course it's not. But I enjoyed it. I'm very concerned about this. There's a great line. Ah, my name's Pam. It's a nickname. So what, what's your real name? Was, it's Pamela. That's a great line, Mark. Am I going to need to see this? We'll just both get hammered and hash it out. And we'll see whose argument is, is more persuasive. You, me and Noel are going to be getting together in October. I, I think we might have to hash it out with uh, Noel <laughs> being the impartial referee. I'm almost thinking of inviting people to just watch... A, a good amount of drinking is going to be done. You've got two choices, either blood or semen. I don't think I'm going to like it. Hello, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and welcome to episode 167 of Dude and the Monkey. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Uh, Mark Foster, hello everybody. And uh, this week, um, it's a split recording this week, so... At the moment, neither of us have seen Ghostbusters. Nope. We've both seen Neon Demon. Yeah. But Noel has not seen either. Noel's going to be on because we were bringing him on to see Neon Demon, to talk Neon Demon, but he thinks he might be able to see Ghostbusters as well. So we're going to leave the reviews. This is Sunday. We're going to leave the reviews until Thursday. All we know about Ghostbusters so far is the embargo dropped about 20 minutes ago, and apparently it's good. Yeah. And that's all we know so far. So we, like, I, I, to be honest, I thought it was going to be good anyway, because it's Paul Feig. But yes, so we'll leave that. So anyway, um, so we are going to be talking Neon Demon and Ghostbusters, but we're not going to be talking about it on the same day that we're recording this bit. So we're recording this bit in trailers. Then we're going to jump forward in time, do the reviews, jump back in time, do what we watched, jump forward in time, do Twitter questions and whatnot. So it's all a bit higgledy-piggledy. Who knows what's going to happen in the next four days? Who knows? Exactly. Anything could happen. Anything is possible. These hedonistic days. It seems like it, doesn't it? It does, it does <laughs> seem really like by, by Thursday the, the Liberal Democrats are going to be in charge. <laughs> yeah, but there'll be a far right, far right Liberal Democrat. Yeah, yeah, and and Nicola Sturgeon will have um, created a robo suit to <laughs> literally <laughs> kick every single person who tries to come into Scotland out. And will have quite literally started at one end of Scotland and gone at the other and literally dragged the earth to create an actual sea running through the border so she can drag Scotland further up. Robo Sturgeonzilla. Robo Sturgeonzilla, yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> oh, well, Andrea needs some. It's quite literally just drowning in our own lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, I mean, that was hilarious. It, it, it was magnificent. Well, I. I don't know where they're getting this from. We've got a transcript. Well, I didn't say that. We have an actual recording of you saying it. Here it is. Yes, well, I don't see why it's that important. Okay, is it as important as your as your um, tax returns? Well, I've released them. You've released a year's. 
I, I, <laughs> no, I've, I've released four years. No, you've released a year. Well, I'm not releasing anymore. Fine. <laughs> you, <laughs> this, this woman is, is incredible that this woman it, it has a chance of becoming the Prime Minister. Yeah, no, it's, I... It's, it's magnificent. It's, it's, it's great. It, it literally, it literally is at the moment. Britain is quite literally holding, just like the, he's holding a version of the Olympic torch. <laughs> anyway, the site's up. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, we've, we've had, you know, got a podcast post on it. Um, me ranting about uh, barbecue sauce. Uh, there'll Good. be your beer review, and there'll be bits kind of cropping up. Uh, yeah, as and when, you know, like I say, we're not, we're not going to promise to have something up there every day, but um, it'll. It'll certainly, hopefully, sort of gain traction over the next few weeks. Maybe I'll start a thing about pensions. No, I won't. <laughs> uh, well, I was actually going to do a little thing about uh, my um, foray into getting my FA coaching badges. Uh, but um, apparently, as the FA is doing some restructuring um, oh. at the top level, uh, they have currently suspended all um, current applications for uh, new starters. Who, who are not? How is, I can't remember how they worded it to me in the uh, email that I received. Uh, people new starting on the uh, coaching career path uh, who are not independently funded. So essentially, if you're using a grant to get funded, you're not allowed to start at the moment because they're paying off Roy Hodgson. Yeah, that makes which, sense. which which kind of. It knocked me and made me despise the idiot man even more. But fuck it, I don't want to say too much because because it's been put on hold. It hasn't been outright suspended, and I have a feeling if I start bitching about yeah. it, it might just get outright suspended. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but there will be a piece of the website about how much I despise Robinson at some point very soon. Nice. I, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm just just taking some of the the, the sheer anger out of the the actual article <laughs> that, that's, yeah that's that's a wise idea i've got an exam on friday do you yeah oh. i'm not looking forward to that is it your first one from the yeah for the financial advising yeah yeah well i i, I, I passed my driving test on tuesday morning mm. yeah that was stressful <laughs> uh, did you um how many minors did you get uh seven mm-hmm Seven over uh, over three, seven, but uh, six of those were at the same time. Oh, six, six of those were, were, were in two incidents. I mean, oh, that's, that's not bad. Speaking yeah. of driving, yes, I have an idea which Go I'm going to put out on the show now. Carpenter gig, which you got a ticket for. I have, yes. I was thinking of maybe driving to York on the Friday. Yes. Maybe crashing at yours. Yes. And then we road trip it to Manchester on the Saturday and do some recording on the road. Yeah, I'm off for that. Because and it's it's ripping off film junk because they're doing exactly that. They they've driven to Philadelphia to see Carpenter this weekend and they've done like a podcast recording on the road. And nice. I, I, I think that like that week's show is going to be all sorts of random shit. Yeah, it and it's, will be. it's probably going to be long and split into a couple of parts. Yeah, but I think it would be it would be fun to do that. So yeah, I will um, I will come up to York. I haven't cleared this with Dom, but I'm sure she'll be all right with it. She knows I'm at off the Saturday anyway, so it probably won't make that much difference. But yeah, so the Friday and um, 
if anyone, it's a ways away yet, but if anybody else um, listening is out, is around in Manchester on the Saturday, and which I'm sure there will be, considering we never ask for money for the podcast or the site, if they wanted to buy us beer, <laughs> <laughs> it will certainly contribute to the fun. Yeah, then um, we'd be um, we, we we would be appreciative, and Noel as well. In fairness, I think. Um, I think we're all going to be hitting it pretty hard on the Saturday. Like, I think we, we should leave quite early on the Saturday and, um, and yeah, hit it hard. Absolutely. I, I, I could get well on board with that. Nice, nice. I'll, I'll drive. It's all right. I'm not going to ask you to drive because it's, it's my idea and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I'll drive. And I'm not, I'm not driving you fucking back to York unless it's not that far. No, no, it's fine. I, I, I don't mind. I'll get, I'll get Bex to pick me up. Nice. She should come, man. Why isn't she coming? Because she wants it. She's, she's letting it be a boys thing. Yeah, all right. That's fair enough. I think that's the reason why. There's, there's no way in fucking hell on earth Donna would ever come to this. So I, I think it's fair to say Claire's <laughs> probably the same. So um, Noel's wife, that is. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, fair enough. It's going to be really messy, and I'm it really. Is. I am stunned that Noel is saying, yeah, crash at mine. <laughs> I can see us getting there and Noel's going, nope, there's a tent <laughs> in the back. Yeah, like... You're, you're sleeping in that. <laughs> and you I, know what? I won't blame him. I mean, to be to be fair, um, not... Oh, God, this is tangenting, like, no one's business, but um, Noel's stag, I stayed over at his place the day beforehand, and... Charlie was such a little dude and he was so entertaining and I was really hung over and he was brilliant. So hopefully he'd just be the same again. And like, we could just like, just fuck about with him for a bit. And, Absolutely. You know, it'll be fine. And I think Claire cooked us breakfast as well. And I seem to remember it being pretty good. That, that doesn't surprise me at all. No, no, no. Which well, isn't a surprise. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's not a surprise, but yeah, so anyway, yeah, uh, Saturday, October the 29th, I believe it is, um, we will be in Manchester if people are up for uh, drinks, we're, we'd be very up for it. And we'll also be out, obviously, on the Friday the 28th in York. Oh, there you go, yeah, well, boom, yeah, quite, quite, quite. Um, yes. God, are we going to be able to fit in a film? It feels uh, weird that Friday. we're going to be meeting up and not doing a film. On the Friday? Yeah. I would, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I might just take the day off and just drive up in the day, in like the morning or something. Yeah, okay. Sweet. Nice. Anyway, um, trailers. <laughs> yeah, there's been a there's been a couple. Um, the trailer for um, Goat. Um, Goat. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which stars um, one of the Jonas Brothers? I'm going to say Joe. I'm going to say Joe. It, it might be. It might not Joe? be. But I'm going to say Joe Jonas. Uh, and James Franco, it, it's oh, some sure. kind of uh, frat boy movie, but set as more like a dramatic, you know, look at what these guys get put through every year, and how has this become socially acceptable, and, you know, it, it, as as it becomes more socially acceptable, it goes further and further and further and further, uh, and it just looks like bollocks. Yeah, no, that sounds like dog shit. Yeah, one of the little bits that flashed up said... It said Full Metal Jacket meets Animal House, which if you were to say to me, or, or, or you were pitching me at me and said, oh, it's like Full Metal Jacket meets Animal House, I, I would probably go, that that doesn't need to happen. That sounds all right. That sounds horrible. No. 
so yeah, so I, I it's it's in theaters and on demand uh, sometime, but I don't care. Yeah. Um, so that sounds awful. At uh, table nineteen, uh, Anna Kendrick's um, kind of descent into literally just just wandering around, going ah. Week's worth of filming, fine, I'll do that. I'm the star of the show. Uh, where she goes to a... Have you seen the trailer for this? No. Table 19. Um, she's invited to a wedding. She goes to the wedding, um, and she's on table 19, which is the table furthest away from the head table that just all of the, the random people um, are on. Uh, the random people, I think, include um, Stephen Merchant, who is, for some reason, still trying to crack America. Um, Craig Robinson and uh, Lisa Kudrow and somebody else, I can't remember, are on table 19 and they start to realise that that's the table of freaks and the table of people that maybe shouldn't have even been invited to the wedding. Uh, it, it looks just terribly dull. Um, so, again, another one I won't be seeing. Uh, Imperium, the uh, Daniel Radcliffe um, neo-Nazi FBI undercover film. I... Daniel Radcliffe is the shit. Like that guy, just he can do he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And so he, he plays is. a farting corpse. He stars in Now You See Me Too because why the fuck not? And he and he does this like fair it, it, play. It, it strikes me that he stars in Now You See Me Too because he watched Now You See Me when that was fun, and then all of a sudden his agent. When oh they're trying to get you to do now you see me too and he went oh is that the magician one yeah I kind of like that movie yeah go on I'll do it and I mean it's it's brilliant I mean like because the guy never has to work a day in his life like, well, that, that's that, that's kind of what he says in the fact that he only ever has to make films now that he wants to make and do you know what he's doing a good job of it every film he makes whether or not it's whether or not it's good or not is a different matter but every film that he makes at least sounds interesting and you can see and go I can see why he's done that you get things like the Frankenstein one he did which I haven't seen Young Frankenstein was it? Uh, uh, young Frankenstein Young Frankenstein's the Victor Frankenstein Victor Frankenstein yeah um, so that one there it, it, I haven't seen it. It looks fucking terrible. But the, the idea of it is at least interesting. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, it's kind of seemed like, yeah, I'll work with James McAvoy. Sounds like a laugh. And yeah. and those two together are the best thing about the entire film. Well, that doesn't doesn't surprise me at all. Mm. Uh, yeah, and Imperium, it, it, looks, it looks good. You know, if you want to make a, you know, if, if you want to make, they can jump really sort of feet fucking first into dramatic roles. And this effect that's really easy first big dramatic role. He's done other roles across that have kind of been a little bit kind of, he's done some sort of genre flicks, he's done a little bit of horror flicks and stuff like that. Whereas this is, you know, a proper looking like an adult dramatic uh, pick. There, you know, um, Gosling got his big break starring in The Believer. So why not do something like this? It, it, it does actually look like it, it, it could have some legs. It looks quite interesting, to be honest. Yeah, nice. Um, the uh, Warner Brothers Animations um, Killing Joke film, uh, amazing that this is well, amazing and really cool that this is getting a release in actual cinemas um, mm. is is awesome. Uh, I know the reasons why it's getting released in cinemas is because um, they want to kind of have it as a lead up and hope that it, you know they know that certain people will go and see it, and also I think that they're planning on 
looking at the same, well, the Suicide Squad, that should, you know, the fact that that's going to be everywhere might get a few more people going to see this and might get a little bit more I, I, I think it's one exposure. Of those, it's one of those one-day-only things. As well, it is one it? of one-day-only things, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to see it. So, um, But then again, Killing Joke is one of my favourite books, so... Mm. Not just graphic novels, it is one of my favourite books. It's an incredible book. Um, so yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It looks very good. It looks like it sticks very much. Well, it, it, it sticks absolutely to the book, is what I've uh, read about it, uh, is that they were sticking, they're not changing a thing. Everything that is in the book is there. It is literally just a animated retelling of the book. Uh, the intervention, um, which is written oh, and directed um, yeah. by um, Claire Duval. Mm. Uh, and stars a bunch of sort of like those indie people. So people like Ben Schwartz is in there. Um, Natasha Leon, um, Kobe Smulders for some reason, uh, Ali Shawkat who turns up in everything and literally is the same person at everything she's ever in. Uh, and a few other sort of people who it's, it's that girl from that thing who was in that and that and that. Uh, looks mildly interesting. It, it, it's a thoroughly Thursday night, uh, Netflix watch is what I'll say on that one. Yeah, 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 no, I agree. I saw, yeah, I watched that trailer as well, and I very much agree. Yeah, uh, and the uh, new John uh, Michael McDonough movie, uh, War and Everyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which stars Alexander Skarsgård and Michael Pena as, uh, as cops, uh, and they're just terrible police officers. Did you see the trailer for this? Mm-hmm. Did you see it before? Yeah. Um, uh, Neil Demon, yeah, yeah. Um, and weirdly enough, before I got the trailer for this, there was no adverts in the screen of Beyond Demon I went to. Oh, really? Just trailers. No adverts, not a single one. What time was she screening? Um, it was quarter past four. Oh, so it's not like it was like late at night or something. No. I, I, it's just I know when I um, when I used to work at View, um, like we used to, uh, for the like the late shows, we would just start the film like maybe five minutes into the runtime, I just cut out the ads and the trailers and just start the film just so I could get out ten minutes earlier. <laughs> Fair play. Which, you know, I wasn't allowed to do, but fuck it. Okay. It was it was either that or just start the fucking programme like fifteen minutes early. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, was, I was quite surprised that it just came up, it came up, it, it went off and it went onto the screen and it just said, um the following trailers uh, have been deemed acceptable for the the feature you're watching I thought. Yeah. No adverts. That's fucking weird. Yeah. So I checked to see if it had like it had started ten minutes after it was supposed to or something like that. But no, it was bang on time. Uh, but yeah, warn everyone. Uh, it looks fun. I'll happily watch this. I'll happily watch anything John Michael McDonough does, to be honest. But this does look amusing, and Alexander Skarsgård does look like he's having a lot of fun. And Michael Payne, yeah, he is always actually quite a lot of fun. I like that. Um... Oh God, what did he do after In Bruges? Seven Psychopaths. He... No, the other one. Oh, shit, hang on. This is the, the Garden Cavalry guy. Garden Cavalry, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, no, actually, weirdly, what I was about to say kind of applies anyway, but I like that, like, with Cavalry, it was quite... It had its funny moments, but it was quite dark. serious and dark. Yeah. But he hasn't gone down that kind of road of maybe if I do another one like these, I might strike Oscar Gold. He's just gone. Fuck it. Let's go back to the guard, but in America with drug the de- like druggy cops. Yeah, which is quite strange because, um, like you say, um, 
his, his brother, um, whose name escapes me, uh, other Martin, Martin. Um, yeah, 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 you know, he did, uh, he went from, um, you know, doing, uh, fucking hell, what's it? In Bruges. In Bruges. Um, to Seven Psychopaths, which was set in, in LA, and it's weird now that, that, uh, the Michael Dollar's, uh, next one is also set, uh, in, in the States. It's, I'm looking forward to it. It looks fun. It looks like fun. The, the great moment of them two, um, um, doing the drug dealer's cocaine in a bathroom store going, shit, it's the cops. Yeah. And then looking to them laughing and going, oh, wait a minute, we're cops. It is great. <laughs> I like the uh, the kind of like the the the, the run that he, he um, Alexander Skarsgård kind of does towards the uh, like the guy he's chasing, and it's just kind of like a really weird kind of run. He just kind of stops, starts, stops, starts, and the guy's just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, it, <laughs> yeah, like that, that yeah, that was solid. It this looks like it will be fun. Yeah, it, I, I kind it of hope does. it doesn't have anything to say. No, it doesn't because. You know nothing about what that film's about other than the fact that these guys are cops and, are, and, are, and just dicks with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, other than that, that, that's all I saw trailer-wise this, this week. No, I see it actually, yeah, the only one I have to add is um, uh, a Sing, which is uh, Garth Jennings, um, who hasn't made a film since Son of Rambo, which sure. was a long time ago. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, um, he's, he's back with this. Um like it's by, it's uh, it, it's by the the same production company that do uh, Despicable Me and The Secret Life of Pets and Minions and whatnot. But he wrote and directed this apparently. Um, and I, I mean Matthew McConaughey, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Taron Egerton, um, Seth, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Like it's uh, like there are others as well that I'm forgetting. It's it's a hell of a cast and. I, I don't know. I mean, it's X Factor with animals. It, it, you know, it, it will be huge. But the fact that Garth Jennings is involved as well means I will be taking Lottie to see this. Yeah. No, I mean, it's interesting at least. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's the guy who did Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Son of Rambo. I kind of feel like there's got to be more to it than the trailer suggests. Yeah, I mean, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was 2005, so Rambo was 2007, and it's been nine years since that. And I know it's been he does music videos and uh, adverts and stuff, but still, it seems weird that he's not done anything else and then that his next film is this. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. But, I mean, I don't know. If he's written and directed it, it kind of feels like there must be, there must something, be something there. there. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, Lottie's getting to the stage now where she will sit and watch films. Like, maybe she gets a bit distracted, but if there's a big screen, maybe she won't. Like, um, the Angry Birds film is playing our local view as, like, one of their, like, Saturday morning kids ones where it only costs, like, a quid fifty. Oh, yeah. In in a couple of weeks, and I think I'm going to take her. Um, Why not? Yeah, like, because apparently that film's not that bad. Um, Yeah, I know know somebody went to see it... um to review it for one of the, uh, for the local paper here. Uh, and he said, oh, actually, it's, you know, he said, since it's me wrong, it's not good. He said, but I laughed pretty consistently throughout. Yeah, there you go. You know, and I mean, I, it's like one of those ones where if she leaves 45 minutes in, never mind. Yeah, you're not going to miss much, really. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I will, I will talk about the second film that Lottie is pretty much sat all the way through in a bit. Cool.
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe not. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, that's it. That's Sing. Um, but it, it's, I don't know, it's getting to the point, yeah, I mean, it's just it's getting to the point where I think I'm actually going to be able to take her to the cinema and I'm excited. <laughs> like, she said earlier on, can I, can, like, I, I want to watch that film, the the one that we watched yesterday. It was like, shit, really? All right, I'll uh, go for that. Yeah, cool, fine. I mean, you can watch it. I'm not going anywhere near it, but you can watch it. Yeah, so it, it's... Yeah, it's cool, man. She's like, she's two and a half. She's kind of starting to come around to that idea, and it's great. Anyway, um, so let's move on. We're going to go forward in time. Here is a clip from the Neon Demon. I think I wish I had your beard. Is that your natural colour? You're just so beautiful. Don't you think he's just perfect? Are those your real glasses? Yeah. God, life is just so unfair. Gigi just got out of the glasses shop. She's still a little sensitive. You have work done. You say that as if it's a bad thing. Sweetie, plastics is just good grooming. Imagine going a whole year without brushing your teeth. I got this guy in Beverly Hills. Andrew. Dr. Andrew. She's in love with him. Of course I love him. Look at me. He calls me the bionic woman. Is that a compliment? I hear your parents are dead. That must be really hard for you. Do you have any other family? No. No one at all? You must have a boyfriend. The Neon Demon is directed by Nicholas Winding Refn and also written by him. And stars uh, Elle Fanning, uh, Jenna Malone, Bella Heathcote, Abby Lee, uh, an uncredited Alessandro Nivola. And Keanu Reeves. Uh, Neon Demon is the story of Jesse, played by Dakota Fanning, a um, ingenue who arrives on the LA fashion scene and immediately pisses off all the women around her and makes all the men horny. Who wants to start off? Oh, I should say, Noel's here. Hello. Um, Hello, Noel. Hello. Um, Noel essaying the role of Bella Heathcote, I believe that was. It was uh, indeed. The role I always, I've always wanted to play, so it's a big moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, obviously Mark is here as well, who was essaying the role of Elle Fanning. Hello, everybody. And uh, yes, so Neon Demon. Um, Noel, um, we were all looking forward to the Neon Demon very, very much. It yeah. seemed to be very much up our streets. Uh, by the end of the film, were you still in its street or were you hunting Pokemon five streets away? <laughs> let's not talk about that anymore yeah let's um, <laughs> seriously not because I just heard the door go downstairs went outside went down and went where were you where were you Beck said just went out for a walk why just went out for a walk you were collecting Pokemon well that's that's nice the Neon Demon is not Pokemon Go no it is not no yes Honestly, this is going to sound really uh, hyperbolic, but it kind of it made me remember why I like movies. Um, it's that does sound hyperbolic, I know, but I'll, I'll explain. I've not been in a very I've not been in a very good place with movies for a while now. It's like on the rare occasion that I get to go to the cinema, it's, it's to it's to go and see a big Marvel blockbuster. Or, or, or some sort of, you know, superhero blockbuster. Um, 
I get home at night, I'm tired, Claire goes to bed at maybe about half nine, and then I'll, I'll want to stick something on. If I do manage to find something, it has to be 90 minutes to 100 minutes tops. It usually has to be something that I don't have to think about too much. And as a result, I end up watching, as an example, half of the boss and then going to bed because I'm fucking bored. So that that type of thing has been happening for a while. So it's rare that I get out to the cinema to see anything decent anymore. Um, and, you know, Refn is fucking is a, is a real, you know, he's knocking it out of the park for me in, in terms of his last few films. Uh, there are films of his I haven't seen, which I will get to. Um, but as far as, you know, Only God Forgives, Drive, Valhalla Rising, fucking, he's blown it, he, he's knocked it out of the park every time for me and, and, and made something absolutely amazing. This, I don't feel, if, if I'm taking those four films, I'd probably put this maybe possibly fourth on the list but it's still fantastic it's achingly beautiful um i love the fact that it's a film where you can just watch it for what it is uh but i also love that the fact that it's a film that if you want to uh pontificate on what everything might mean then there's plenty of rewatch value in it um el fanny was fantastic and she she does innocence so well um and then you know obviously there's a there's a subtlety about her <clears throat> excuse me I, I won't go into too much detail obviously but there's a subtlety about her character arc she does have a character arc oh, mate, all spoilers so all the time Mark. don't worry about it sorry all spoilers all the time dude. oh yeah, yeah no i just mean before you two get the chance to sort oh, of okay. dig. But, you know it's 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 I, I love her character arc because it's so subtle um, and because it's so gentle and it's only really revealed that there is an arc there at one, you know, in one scene mm-hmm. later on, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I absolutely loved it. The more I think about it, the more I love it. I think when I left the cinema, it was a four out of five. And the more I think about it, I think it's, you know, it, it, I could, I could easily bump it up to a five. It's, it's, I loved it. Really loved it. No, uh, Mark, sorry. Um, yeah, I'm in pretty much exactly the same place as, as Noel. Um, I, I think I, I said um, sort of briefly to, to Ian the other day when we were briefly chatting about it, but I, I think the wonder of the Neon Demon is it, it, it's it's about the fashion industry and it's about models and everything like that. Um, and it, it, it literally, it, the film itself kind of mirrors that idea in the fact that it is just beautiful nonsense. There is something, there is... There is something there if you look into it. There, there is a, there is sort of bits within it and there, but you don't even need to look at that. You can just look at it as this is beautiful to look at. This is, you know, a hundred and odd minutes of just this wondrous kind of cacophony of neon delights kind of just rolling over you. Um, and I love the fact that it doesn't, it isn't afraid to be a bit nasty. Um, within itself, which is which is really good for it. Um, Refn is a, a director who is so confident and kind of brash in in his. This is my movie. This is how I do it. That he he literally will do anything he wants with his films if he thinks it looks cool. And I think you also within that you get these weird little moments because he might just be sat there and going. Oh, do you know what? I look good. Do this. He doesn't seem to overthink 
everything to, to, to the end. And because of that, you end up with just these, just some absolutely stunning shots. Um, and he gets great performance. El Fanning's fantastic. Keanu Reeves is wonderfully sleazy in it. Um, and both uh, Bella Heathcote and Abby Lee uh, play essentially like the evil twin stepsisters almost in, in a fantastic way that just kind of amps it up. And then for me, when it got really going towards the end, um, it, it hung on one moment for me where if if something happened that I was hoping was going to happen, uh, happened, it, I was just, that's it. This film can do anything from now on. <laughs> Uh, and if that didn't happen, it, the house of fucking cards would have just come crumbling down. But I had absolute confidence in the fact that Refin was going to go there. Interesting. I um, I'm not as high on it as you guys. I like the thing is, I'm not just being like meh because you can't meh this film in the slightest. I re I really liked it, um, but I must say the highs of it came for me relatively early on. And yeah, it's, it's it's a better film in its first half, I think. Yeah, and the, the, yeah, I mean, the second half has some striking stuff in it, obviously. Um, though I think some of it is there just because Refin knows he's a bit of an enfant terrible and he's just kind of going for it. Um, I mean, the the corpse scene was pretty rough, but. I, well, and I, was... got, I got its point, but it kind of felt like, why, why are we actually, why are we actually doing this then? Well, Is it the, just because you want to push some buttons? The cop scene, uh, apparently, uh, was improvised. Was improvised. The only thing with uh, Refin where he was basically saying that in his script, the idea was that she just kissed the cops, and it was uh, actually. Um, Jenna Malone, who kind of suggested that they take it a little bit further, and Refin kind of went, "Yeah, go on." Then. Yeah, I, um, I'm not sure about that, but I. The, but the thing is, the, the the second half has some great imagery in it as well. Like the the, the image of Jenna Malone with blood all over her face in that bath. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. a, a stunning image, and like especially with the, with the scar behind it, yeah. the way that it's shot is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, like I, 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 like I say, the first half I was in. Like the opening titles will probably be my favorite opening titles of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, st- stunning, and the scene early on where. Jenna Malone I really takes hope her, you're going to say what I think you're going to say. Go on. Where Jenna Malone takes Elle Fanning to that fashion show, and it's all stroby, and they're watching yeah. that weird yeah. art I was, exhibition. I was just, I was just going to say, there's two early scenes that really stand out for me. One of, well, one of them's a bit more subtle than the other. Um, so definitely that sort of club scene thing with the, the fucking the, the the strobe effect and the the uh, the music and. Um, I guess we'll probably talk more about the music. I think we probably should. But yeah. um, there's a scene a little bit earlier than that as well, and it's the scene where they meet, where she meets her, where they're both looking in the mirror in, in on opposite sides of the room. Um, and it's there's just something, I don't know what it was, there was something about that scene, the way it was constructed with just the, them sort of looking in the mirrors over yeah. each other's shoulder. At first... I didn't know what was... It took me a minute to register who was where and the fact that they were both looking in mirrors. I thought Jenna Malone was looking over her shoulder at first. It was, it was fucking brilliant. It, it, was, it was just a magnificent scene. And, and, and yeah, the, 
the, the the club scene I wrote down here, but yeah, I guess it's, it was a fashion show, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I just it's I, I there I was I was just like frankly, I mean, again, this sounds like it's over egging it, but I was kind of high on it. Oh. It felt like well, this is some this kind of actually feels like I'm on something at the moment. This is staggering, um, but. It, as it, I, I think it's because as it goes on, by necessity, it kind of has to go somewhere. And where it goes, I, I, I felt a little. I thought, I mean, I thought it was interesting that they they killed her off with like twenty minutes to go. Um, but what happens in that twenty minutes, I wasn't that particularly enamoured by, apart from the, the image of the in the bath and in the shower. Um, but I mean, like the, the like the last scene. I, I I mean, I get what it what it was trying to say about about Bella Heathcote's character and whatnot. But it just again, I was like, right, okay, there's an eyeball, fine, whatever. I I I was done with it by then. Yeah, see, I was by that point. At that point, it, it, it completely had me. At that point, I was. That's the bit where I was literally in my head, just saying. And if I'd been in the cinema on my own, my head was was just saying repeatedly over and over, going, "Eat the eyeball, eat the eyeball, eat the eyeball, eat the eyeball." And when she ate the eyeball, I I virtually cheered to myself because uh, it was just that once because it had. I think because it had me. It was like that's brilliant. She ate the eyeball. Fantastic. I, I, yes, you go, girl. I love your commitment to this complete entire bit. Yeah, no, I mean, I, well, no, fair enough. I, I, it just, it might have been the fact, I mean, like, I went to see it at 20 past nine on a Friday night and I had to be in work the next day. So it was, it was getting on for midnight by then. And there were a couple of people behind me that were obviously not into it. Not, being dicks about it, but I just like you could tell they were like gearing up to leave, um, and it and maybe that distracted me a bit. But I was, I kind of saw where they were coming from by that point. But I mean, if it had ended with the bath and the shower, I'd, I'd think I'd be thinking upon it a, a lot more fondly, to be honest. Um, but I, I, it just it doesn't feel the style is the substance with the film, but. I maybe could have done with just a little bit more substance other than for models in LA. That's a bit bitchy, isn't it? Which is basically what it comes down to in the end. Where, like when you boil the film's point down, it's... I think it's a, it's a fair, it's a fair thing to say. I th- you know, when you actually boil it down to what it is, it's not really that new. You know, it's, it's, it's using this sort of, um, you know, very blank, very aesthetic, very shiny, um, very surface-obsessed world and sort of suggesting, yeah, but there's a darkness beneath that. Yeah, there's something there's something sick at that, at, at beneath all this stuff. I don't think that's anything... I don't think that's anything new, especially when you apply it to something like the fashion industry. Um, but I think what I enjoyed so much about it was it just... It was... It, it, that's what you were getting, and you knew what you were getting, and it was it was happy to just say, "Look, there's this girl, and she meets these people, and they live in this world that she is a you know fish out of water and stuff like that." But it was able to sort of do it in a way that was more aesthetically focused than um, an, an, an artsy, let's say, than than 
than Aronofsky, but not quite sort of Gaspar Noé. It's like it wasn't gonna, you know, it, it, there was elements of Black Swan in there, but there was elements of Enter the Void in there, but it didn't really, you know, it was a nice sort of balance between those two. Because yeah. if it had, if it had gone any more Gaspar Noé, then I might have lost. I might have lost interest in it. I think just a simple story, beautifully told, with enough for you to just watch on one level, but take away and uh, think about for a, for a bit, a bit yeah, longer. It, it, you know, that that's what worked for me. Yeah, what, what I think uh, the difference I think often with Reffin in comparison to somebody um, like Noah, which is a really kind of good kind of example against each other because they are kind of they're swimming in the same pond but just sort of different ends of it is reference reference in not it is you know you, you get the the sporadic burst of violence but with reference films the violence is done very quickly and it happens and it's gone and it's there and then he, he, he almost he shows you an aftermath of it he spends more time showing you what's happened rather than it happening um take for instance the violence in in drive um, it happens, snap, 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 and then you get a, a quite a long sort of slow motion shot of um, Ryan Gosling turning round with with blood on his face. Whereas Noah, he, he's more interested in showing you the nasty rather than the aftermath of the nasty. And I think that's what's great about this: is it's, it's showing you a nasty world, but it's not actually that nasty a film. Mm. Yeah, it, well, it, I mean, there, there are there are moments. I mean, the dream sequence with Keanu Reeves and the knife. I was genuinely squirming in my seat. Oh yes, it it was fantastic. That yeah, I mean, it's very effective. Um, and it, I, I, I've got to say, I did enjoy Keanu Reeves in this. Mm. Just a scuzzy, shitty like that kind of like that real Lolita shit kind of speech yeah. that he has, which. Uh, yeah, was was darkly funny. Which, which, which is well, you don't even know if he's just taking the piss out of that guy or if that's yeah. just what he is like. No, totally. Yeah, yeah, no, quite. I, I so I, I, yeah, I mean, I had fun with him. Um, and I, I, again, I mean, there are sequences like the the one where the uh, photographer, um, you don't know what's what's happening. He asks for a close yeah. set, Jenna Malone, mm. Malone to leave, and the way. Like Dakota, like Dakota Fanning, Elle Fanning's character goes from kind of like young, innocent, not really knowing what's going on, not really feeling comfortable, and by the end of it, she's complicit, and mm. like, and she's she's into it, and it, it like the whole kind of like the like it's almost a seduction by the fashion industry personified by a person or something. I, I you know that's interesting, and the way that it's like, isn't it like all a white like white room or something. The white room, yeah. And yeah. It, you know, I mean, it's like like something from THX eleven thirty eight or something, and it, it, like you don't expect that, and it's so stark and but very very reffin. But it's weird though because there are, I mean, you know, the, the film knows what it's doing in a lot of stuff with, you know, it, there's a lot of um, long pans of you know very still sequences, and it's very sort of magazine photo sort of stuff that that scene that the the sort of establishing shot i guess for that scene is that long pan across uh, it's before she walks into the room and the, the photographer is like photographing someone else yeah and it's literally just a model stood there against that white background 
and the guy's taking photographs and there's a couple of assistants on the on the laptops and nobody's moving that could have been a photograph like mm-hmm. I, I don't I, it, it may well have been a photograph because it's so still and so you're basically watching a, a slow pan of a photograph there and it's it's setting up that sort of magazine uh, idea and stuff like that which i think was was absolutely brilliant but there's little sort of things and maybe i'm looking too much into this but that scene where you know where, where as you say sort of she becomes complicit in what's going on and she kind of f- falls into it she's she's against this completely white background um, but it is it's a photo background it's one of those sort of ones that you know goes up with the curve at the bottom and stuff like that so it looked completely white in the background but in the top left hand corner there's just a little corner of it that's not white that's you know you can see a bit of the background it's sort of grey and, and dirty looking and it's a bit like there's no way that someone like Refn has, 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 has concocted that shot and not noticed that there was a, a little cut in the corner of just something that was peeking in and just ruining things a little bit you know just something that, that was ruining the purity of the shot like I might be overanalyzing it, but I was looking at things like that and going, this is fucking brilliant. I could eat this up. This is great. Mm. No, yeah, no, I, that, yeah, I, I, I was the same pretty much across the, the board from it. it uh, it's a film that just, it, it, it just, for me anyway, it just had me excited to be watching it. So yeah. to, to go, what, where is he going to go next? What am I going to see next uh, coming from it? Uh, and that's, it, it's great. That's why you, you, know, you go to films like this. If I had one criticism, though, it would be the ending. I think, um, you know, I, I, it, I was happy for it to go where it went. I was happy for it to reveal a little bit more. But after the, um, the what would you call it? What do you call those things? Springboards? Swimming pool? Diving board? Yeah. Diving board. Yeah. After the diving board scene where she sort of peels back a layer of herself a little bit. And, and, you know, you don't get the feeling that this is what she's been thinking all along. You get the feeling that she's absorbed everything around her and this is the conclusion that she's come to and this is how she's going to live her life. You know, there's a little bit of a flicker of it earlier on when she says something like, you know, she walks past the guy. Um, it's after the restaurant scene. She walks past the guy on the steps and she says, I'm not trying to be them. They want to be me. Like, there's a flicker of it then. But then when she completely sort of peels back that layer on the on the diving board and says, you know, they look at me like this and they're obsessed with me and stuff like that. And it's like, she's, she's, she's thrown away the sort of innocence, but she's not replaced it with the bitchiness of, you know, the other two people or some of the people that are around her. She's not, uh, she's not become one of them. She's become something more. She's sort of, she's elevated herself above it. So to then kill her 30 seconds later, is a bit like, ah, fuck, I was really interested in where yeah. that was going. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure that was done on purpose, but I couldn't help but feel a little bit like, well, I was, I've come this far, I was kind of hoping to, to see, I don't know, it's, I'm, I'm the last person in the world who's going to complain about a shock ending, or like, I love shock endings, but there was just, it felt like, I was really into what was going on there and I was really into just peeling back another layer and, and seeing a bit more of that. So just to have it cut short a little bit was a, a little bit disappointing. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I think that's why like the last 15, 20 minutes I'm, I'm not so into it despite some really interesting imagery because 
I don't know, you have been with her all the way. And again, it does kind of feel like Refin knows that he's kind of teasing the audience and he's almost taking the piss and whatnot. And there's, mm. there's something to be ad- admired for that. But I, I don't know, there's just a bit... There's a bit much of that. It, like I'd rather the imagery do the talking as it does in the first half or so, or first two thirds even. I mean, the runway sequence where she's like kissing herself in the mirror is awesome. Mm. Um, I'd rather that stuff do the talking rather than Jenna Malone's going to diddle a corpse and you know, it, it, you know somebody's going to eat an eyeball. It just I. I I don't know. The film felt a bit classier than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. Yeah, I, I, the top classy. I'll go up and diddling corpses and eat eyeballs. <laughs> well, fair enough. I was fine with it, but I get what you're saying. It, it's, no, I, 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 it, I, I it completely like understand. Yeah. It, it, it was reaching above itself a bit, and then it kind of, you know, it it got it got a bit more genre as it went on, and potentially cheapened itself as a result. Like. I was fine with that, but I can totally see that that would be an issue. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, like saying all this though, I mean, like Christ, if they bring out a 4K Blu-ray, I, yeah. oh my, oh my, give me a bit of the old Dolby Atmos 4K, uh, and it just... I'll I'll buy a new sound system specifically. Well, I'll buy a 4K system and a new fucking sound bar or whatever purely for that. I'll buy a Bose sound bar if that happens. Yeah, because this was fucking. Yeah, yeah the, the mix and the scale was incredible. Oh God, Cliff Martin is, is a fucking. I mean, I've like I've loved a lot of his scores. The Solaris score is is one that mm. that, that I've had for for many years and, and get, still gets an awful lot of play with me to this day. But fuck me, and, and the Moon score and it, ugh, it, he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, I, I hate to be a prick. I believe the Moon score was Clint Mansell. Yeah. That's Clint Mansell. I always get those two months. But it, it, it easily done, CM. But um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, absolutely, man. Um, oh God, I was looking. I was listening to the only God forgives score in um, in work the other day. That's an interesting fil- film to eat couscous and a, a tikka chicken to that that score. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, but no. I, I, well, I mean, it, it sounds like we're all definitely not shit. Oh, definitely, definitely not shit on that one, yeah. Um, I think our, when we did the Twitter poll, I shall just have a check and see what that was for. Oh, I like this new feature, by the way. This is good. Oh, uh, the, yes, for the Neon Demon. I love it. Uh, yeah, I know the was, result here. It's brilliant. It was 50-50. It's definitely not shit. Nobody put touching cloth. So it was 50, 50% of people definitely not shit and uh, 50% of people shit. That's literally the Brexit of films. Yeah, split people down down the middle. Yeah, that's 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 insane that that was the results. So yeah, fifty fifty for people with that, which kind of makes sense, I think, for the actual totally. film itself. Uh, in that, and I I can't wait to watch it again. I'm, I'm it will get a lot of watches. I would think at home makes it's just I just I enjoyed being with it. It plays in the same, you know, it plays in the same space of films that over the last few years of like, there's been a few real standout films for me um, that feel like they're in, you know, you, you could probably double or triple or quadruple bill in the same, same night as this. Like, oh, a bit alone on, um, but I really loved, and there's just, you know, 
just this type of thing, I'll eat it up. And if it's as if it's as well, no pun intended, if it's as well done as you know, if it's got someone like, um, if it's got someone like, uh, fucking hell, my mind's gone blank. Um, Nicholas Winding Refn behind the camera, um, then you know you're gonna get something that's just elevated a little bit more and a little bit classier. It's, yeah, oh yeah, I ate it up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got a feeling we'll be talking about it at the um, at the end of the year as well because uh, I'm I'm pretty much guaranteeing now it's going to be on Mark's best of. Yes. So cool. Great stuff. Um, okay, should we move on to Ghostbusters? <laughs> yes. Okay, here is a clip from Ghostbusters. Kevin dabbles in web design, and I, I asked him to throw together a couple of logos for us. You want to play them? <laughs> uh, now's your moment. Pull it out. Oh. Sure. You, you feel like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Here we go. <laughs> okay, so what do you think of that? Um, yeah, you can see how this might make us look bad, right? Is it a boat? It might be bigger. No, I can see them. Yeah, I definitely see them. You know what? It's not always about the end result. It's about the journey. What about this one? Ha! It's definitely one of my favourites. I think you might have made a mistake. That one's not for us. No, no, it's for you. You know, I thought the flaming hot dog implies the ghost is holding it. Your work is more cerebral than I expected. And I inserted an extra line at the end for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Ghostbusters is directed by Paul Feig and stars... Never heard uh, of it. M- Melissa McCarthy, uh, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, uh, and Leslie Jones, I think her name is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Bunch of bitches. <laughs> Ghostbusters is... Uh, the, the story of two uh, ex-friends played by Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy who get together through a series of circumstances and investigate supernatural hauntings. They are ably assisted by uh, uh, Kate McKinnon's Holtzman and uh, Leslie Jones's uh, Patty, and together they have to stop a ghosty apocalypse. Um, so, Ghostbusters, uh, directed by Paul Feig. He likes funny women. He casted funny women. He then found out that lots of people on the internet don't like funny women. And uh, now the film's out. And is it any good? Uh, Mark, let's start with you this time. Yeah, it is. Actually, really quite good, actually, to be honest. Um, don't get me wrong, it's not perfect, but were we expecting perfect? I, I don't think many of us were. Um, I, you also, should it be perfect? No, it probably shouldn't be perfect. It's a fucking Ghostbusters movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, I enjoyed it enough. I got enough laughs out of it. I had fun with it. Um, like I say, I will, there are bits that I thought were a little bit... Um, ways that it went in with some things that I felt a little bit missed uh, a trick a little bit overall uh, yeah I, I I really quite enjoyed it to be honest um, I find it very baffling how how this particular movie has pissed off so many people to the level that it has it's kind of like really 
there, there must be something else that's more important to you than whether or not the Ghostbusters are girls or not. Pokemon. Well, yeah. I mean, anything, really. I mean, I, I would say that it's more important to get pissed off about whether people uh, put the toilet roll so it goes over or under. You know, that that's something that I would get more pissed off about than under, if my Ghostbusters have, you know, vaginas or not. Under, surely. No, it doesn't So it's over, you fucking monster. What? Yeah, no. What the fuck's wrong with you? Under? Why the fuck would you put it under? Under? God's sake. Yeah. Jesus, Ian. I'm going to write a blog about this. We're not savages. <laughs> well, no, because you use, like, you do it under, and then you, like, tear it, and then it's just kind of, like, dangling behind and not in front. It's dangling in front. No, yeah. dangling behind. You're a monster. No, it's more accessible when it's dangling over the front. Yep. And it's easy to rip. No, I'm not sure about that. I'm going to have some fun at your house when I stay over my house. <laughs> <laughs> I've got three bathrooms as well. Ooh. Um, and, uh, no, Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's, it, was, it was good. I had a really good time with it. It's... Yeah. I think there are, I think there are, there are a couple of fundamental things that go into... I don't want to say a Ghostbusters film because... The second Ghostbusters film is a little bit different to the first, and I, I love it, but I know a lot of people don't. I think the important thing, if you're going to make a Ghostbusters film, is, yeah, sure, you need to have some hokey ghost effects. and You know, you need to have ghosts running about the place, and a bit of slime and a bit of this. But the main important thing is that you need to enjoy spending time with the, the Ghostbusters, and I cannot fault this film for that. Like... Melissa McCarthy was great. Um, the the woman who's, who plays Patty was fine. She didn't annoy me as much. Leslie Jones, it. She didn't annoy me as much as the trailer suggested that she might annoy me. Uh, so she was fine. Chris and Wig was was great. Um, Kate McKinnon was fan fucking fantastic. She was yeah. the best thing in it. She was brilliant. And I just really enjoyed spending time with these people. I didn't feel like I was watching. I don't know the, the the cameos I could have done without, um, but I didn't feel like I was apart from that. I didn't feel like I was watching something that was trying to uh, live up to to something previous. Yeah, it, it just felt, felt like it was trying to be its, its own version of Ghostbusters rather um, than trying to prove itself. Yeah, yeah. If, for the most part, cameos aside, but you know, I didn't have too much of a problem with the cameos. I could have done without them, uh, especially. The last one kind of felt a bit obvious. And I mean, it was a bit like, well, they can't leave him out, but then he's the least important Ghostbuster, so... Did you did you, did you you watch the in-credits stuff? Yes, I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, because Sigourney yeah. Weaver were, yeah. was... Yeah. yeah, and, and Zoogle, and, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It, 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 it's... I had a great time with it. I had a great time spending time with these guys. I thought they were all funny in their own way. I thought Kate McKinnon was brilliant. Really, really, really can't say enough how much I liked her. And I just had fun with it. And it's if you want to go and watch uh, a a really fun um, comedy sci-fi movie, then this is a good one. So, you know, that's all it needed to be. If you don't like it, go home and watch the original. It's available on multiple formats in 4K. It, the 4K remaster probably looks fantastic. Just stay home and watch it and just stop fucking moaning. 
Just or, like, <laughs> or go out and watch it and actually fucking enjoy it rather than being a binge face cunt bag. Yeah, don't get laid or something. But I don't think they can. Uh, it's sad. It really is. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm in total agreement. I I, yes. I I had a blast with this. Like really, I was bang up for it anyway. Uh, so I went I went to see it last night on a Wednesday night, and which was the first time I've been on a Wednesday night to the cinema, and I don't oh, know how long. And do you know yeah. what? The audience were fine. There there was a, there were a couple of kids in my row, but they were just excited, and it was like yeah, awesome. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's consistently funny. Um, it, I mean, it had me at talking about how the, um, the owner of that house was uh, responsible for building an Irish security gate. Yeah. And, um, like they, they once hosted BT, PT Barnum and it was where he had his first <laughs> idea for shaving elephants. To enslave elephants. To enslave, to enslave elephants. elephants. That was it. Like it just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. You know, um, I mean, it kind of, there's not as much of that kind of stuff in it as I would have liked. Um, and I mean, I mean, like, the, again, towards the end, it kind of has to go CG heavy, not quite as interesting stuff, even though I liked the, the Chris Hemsworth, like, playing with the people as if it was like Thriller or something. And, um, uh, I, 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 the Kate McKinnon solo bit where she like licks the things and it kind of goes oh, all yeah. slow motion. Like, you know, Paul Feig was like, shit, we got something here. We've got to give her a moment. And so they, like, they do that. And it's great. I mean, Melissa McCarthy, not one fat woman fall down moment. Am I, I right? One. Is there one? I think it's one. Because Spy has one. Yeah, like one as well. The first test of the program pack. Well, I mean, to be fair, that wasn't really Fat Woman Fall Down. It was just person yeah. loses control of thing. Yeah. But, I mean... I, I, yeah, I, I, no, I, well, the thing is, you, you can have one Fat Woman Fall Down joke. It, I don't know. I don't, yeah, that's it. Like it doesn't need to be a Fat Woman Fall Down thing either. It just, it's somebody falling... Like, it's, it's not... Yeah. It's not fat-related. It's not, you know... It's one I mean, falls down. Yeah, exactly. It's... Um, it's just somebody doing slapstick. It's and it's somebody who's good at comedy. Um, anyway, it's not um, you know it's not somebody who's doing Fat Man. It's not Kevin James. It's yeah, not yeah, doing not, Fat Man Fall down, down because that's yeah. the only thing they've got in their fucking arsenal. You know. Yeah. No. No. Exactly. And so I mean, again, with the I've said this before, but it's capable women doing a really good job and having fun along the way you know and and that's that's what it is but also to be fair chris hemsworth knocks it out of the park as well um i mean that this the bit that with the scene that we did i hadn't seen that in a clip beforehand and when he pulls out the sign with the hot dog and the house <laughs> i i just i couldn't i couldn't take it i was just it was amazing i i the, the what is it one that got me, um, where which one makes me look more like a doctor? Oh, <laughs> oh God, yeah. And he's got the two. Me <laughs> playing saxophone on me, listening to saxophone. <laughs> saxophone. Which he's makes me look more like head. a doctor. I yeah. was, in, I was just, I was enjoying that so much at that point. Oh, that, that I could, I could feel people looking at me and I just thought, okay. I quite like just the, the moment where he's—I forget what it was. There was a sound or a noise, and he's like, "Oh God, it's so loud!" And they were just like, 
He's got his fingers in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the greatest thing they in a trailer, another fantastic moment is, could you answer the phone? Car, to the fish tank. <laughs> you yeah. got on your desk. Oh. The, the glasses as well. <laughs> like, why Why have you not got, like, lenses in your glasses? Oh, it's because they keep getting dirty. I just... It, it's <laughs> well, like... But he then keeps walking into things throughout the rest of the film. Mm. But yeah, no, I, so, I mean, and that's all, that's all he's there for, comic relief, and he's great. Um, yeah. but I mean, the action when it comes is solid. Um, you know, I mean, like, with the Heat and Spy, Feig's shown that he can, he can do that stuff or wrangle together a second unit that can do it. I don't, I don't know which one, but like, he manages to coordinate, coordinate it all well. And I mean, the, I did, I mean, the whole sad, angry nerd thing was a, a kind of a stroke of genius and weirdly, weirdly prescient. Like, did they write, I mean, did they write this they, when they already had the rumblings of people being annoyed that it was women? They did that scene quite late on, apparently, and um, they are, I, I read something that said that they already had the scene planned, but they, uh, they basically went a bit freer with it and took on. So it was, it was quite a late scene that was filmed and they decided to just push it a little bit further in that direction. Yeah. Okay. Fair Why enough. Not? I mean, that, cause there are, there are little nods all the way throughout. And I, yeah. I like that. I like the fact they are baiting these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's great. So, I, I love the fact that, I mean, I won't lie to you. I was rooting for this film because of this. Oh yeah. Because of all this stuff. But, in the back of my head, I was worried. I genuinely was worried because I think I wanted this to be good, but I wasn't convinced by the trailer really that much. I mean, the trailer seemed fine, and I thought to myself, well, if it's just entertaining, then I'm happy enough for that. But if I'm honest, it doesn't seem that funny. So I was a bit worried about it. Um, so to, to go and see it and have a really good time with it and to take in the fact that actually the you know the gender issue is dealt with so well in it thinking not just about um not just about the four ghostbusters but also uh hemsworth's character the fact that they kind of are objectifying him but it doesn't yeah. feel like that it feels yeah. like you well, know Kristen Wiig is the way she deals with it but the, the rest of them aren't doing that though like yeah. melissa mccarthy's even like no i'm not into that really? at all yeah. But yeah, and, and I, but I think look, the way Kristen Wiig does it is she does it like a sort of it's almost like she's a lovesick schoolgirl or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't Back feel like soldier. she's not leering at him. I think there's one moment where um, there's one moment where she uh, he comes in and they're all dancing and he starts dancing um, <laughs> with uh, Leslie Jones. And then she's like, Kristen Wiig starts sort of like going bumping up against him and he just sort of wanders off a bit like, oh, what the fuck's happening? And then she walks back to the group and there's a look in her eye that's a little bit, a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit like, yeah, fuck him, like sort of thing, you know? And it's, that's the only moment in it where it feels a little bit, um, you know, uh, not explosive, but like, they're, they're, you know, that they're doing, they're reversing the role a little bit. Um and that's fine, you know, because the rest of the time it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like they're objectifying him because he's such a ridiculous character and he brings so much as well. So, so where I was going is basically the fact that this it delivers on laughs, it delivers on the the uh, the chemistry, 
Uh, I do think it's genuinely, like you said, Ian, it's consistently funny, which is important. Um, it's got its punish the air moments. The, the gender stuff is dealt with so well. It just makes me feel, it just makes me like it all the more because I just feel like, well, fucking good on you, Paul Fake. I'm, I'm really glad that this worked out. Yeah, I think it, that's the thing is if if I'd gone to see it because I was already going into it really hoping to enjoy it and, and kind of expecting to enjoy it um, because you know I, I like obviously like the first Ghostbusters fantastic I actually like the second Ghostbusters movie I know a lot of people yeah. don't but I do but I also grew up watching the cartoon which I, I still occasionally watch it's fantastic Ghostbusters has kind of always been a thing that, I, that I've enjoyed and I wanted to go into this and I was rooting for it and I thought you know what. I hope it's good because I hope it's good. I hope I enjoy it because I'm paying to fucking see it. I hope it's good just because then people can't throw something at it. They don't have a reason to go, yeah, well, we all said it was going to be shit. Uh, and it, it, it isn't. I don't, don't see how anybody can go into this completely unobjectively looking at it and then come out going, well, that was shit. I just, I just cannot see how you can't get enough of a good time out of you know, just shy of two hours of, of this film. It, 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 it baffles me. It, it, if you don't enjoy this, then I don't know why you went to see it, because if you don't enjoy it, you clearly were never going to... In, when you went to see it, you were clearly never going to enjoy it. Yeah, I, a, yeah that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I, I agree. I find it very difficult to, you know, I don't... It, 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 I don't like saying things like this, but I do. I sit and I've, I've watched this film and I, and I do feel like I can't understand why you wouldn't enjoy that. I can't understand. It's like you say, if you didn't enjoy it, you've already decided to not enjoy it, which <laughs> is baffling to me. But that the, there are people in the world like that. But, yeah. you know. It's just, it, it's, I mean, like you said, there's, there's a great chemistry between the characters. It, it's, it's most fun bits aren't uh, aren't the big set piece bits. It's oh. most fun bits are uh, where there's three or four or the, all of them and um, Hemsworth just in the in that, that, that sort of room uh, above a Chinese um, what's it uh, Chinese restaurant oh. uh, takeaway sorry um, or the scenes in the alleyway are the best scenes and. You know, because they're so good and they're so well handled, you can forget the fact that essentially they go from day one, uh, we don't have proton packs, to day two, we've got proton packs, to day three, we've got better proton packs, yeah. to day four, we've got proton fucking grenades and proton, proton handguns yeah. and shit like that. And you're going, do you know what? You're just upping the ante and getting more stupid now. And then you have to kind of go, but hang on a minute, this is a movie about people busting ghosts. Yeah, don't care. It, and don't also, care. it just points you know out why? that Hulkman's because, really good. Yeah, if I cared, I wouldn't get Kate McKinnon licking a gun, which was movie highlight of the fucking year so far for me. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. It's fun. And, you know, and we, 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 all three of us went to see Neon Demon, for one thing. We didn't go to see Ghostbusters to get the same experience as we got from Neon Demon. It, it, it's two very different things. I went for Ghostbusters to just have fun. I really, I went to the first showing of this um, on Monday just because that happened to be the most convenient time for me to go. Um, so there was a few people who were literally there to watch it at the first fucking screening mm. that were wearing Ghostbusters outfits. And I thought, do you know what? This movie is making those people happy. But then, this is an event. 
And at that sportsman, they were actually, they'd, they had planned to go to this and they'd got up, uh, I think, six in the morning and watched the two, other two Ghostbusters movies and then come to the cinema. Oh, okay. And then they'll go out for lunch after it. Oh, I would have loved to have done that. And I was like, so, tell you, you are doing Monday right. Yeah, yeah. See, the, the thing is, as well, is I am, you know, I'm a child of the 1980s. There is not a film, there is not a cinematic experience that I don't remember better than going to watch Ghostbusters. Um, I remember everything about that night. I remember, the, I remember the cinema. I remember the queue around the block. I remember what the weather was like. I wrote a blog piece about it ages ago when um, when Harold Ramis died, um, and. It 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 stuck with you know it stuck with me going to see Ghostbusters the first week it came out and the queue around the block and the experience of that and looking forward to a film so much uh, and you know the fact that it was already out in America so I'd seen loads of clips and I'd made my mum buy certain cereals so that I could get the free stickers I think it was sugar puffs which we didn't normally eat and you know I remember so much about that experience so nobody has got the right to tell me that I am not invested in this, this franchise from childhood. You know, I bring uh, books on tape from, from, from when I was a kid into this and years of watching cartoons and obviously the, 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 the rainbow book where it made the noise as you turn the page and stuff like that. Like I, you know, I adored the original Ghostbusters movie. So if I'm prepared to go into this with an open mind and go, you know what, this is a Ghostbusters film, hopefully it will refresh something and we'll get some nice comedy out of it and we'll get a nice we'll get a nice vibe between these new Ghostbusters. If I can be like that, then the fucking rest of the people out there can pull the stick out of their ass and just get on board. It's 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 very it's very, very sad, it's pathetic and just really get on board because there's, there's a lot to have. There's a lot of fun. Even the, you know, we're talking about the relationships and the chemistry. Um, I was worried about um, the, the the character of Patty. I thought she was going to get on my nerves, but actually she was great. And I, I'll come back to Kate McKinnon as, as the glue, I think, for this because, you know, obviously uh, Kirsten Wigg and Melissa McCarthy's characters knew each other, but as soon as... Kirsten Wigg and Kate McKinnon met, there was an immediate chemistry between them. And then obviously there's another new guy that comes in, in, um, in, in Patty and you're a bit like, all right, how's she going to integrate into the group? And all of a sudden you've got her in this automatic, very loving relationship with Kate McKinnon's character, Holtzman. So she's like, there's a couple of lines that she's got where they're actually fighting ghosts where she's like, Oh, I've got you girl or something like that. Or yeah. she's like backing her up and she's like protecting her or covering her and stuff like that. And it just, they all work together so well. And if people can't see that, like I, I feel like I was watching a different film. They, and that's, that's, that's what I was saying initially was that's the most important thing about a Ghostbusters movie. The ghosts, yeah, great. Let's have some growth ghosts and some effects and some slime and stuff like that. And isn't it great to see Slimer again and Ecto-1 and blah, 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 blah. The most important thing about a Ghostbusters movie is the chemistry between the characters and the, the way they can bounce jokes off one another. And they fucking nailed that. Yeah. So, you know, lots to complain about. Fucking hell. Even the even the nice sort of throwaway stuff that's like, you know, stuff that could feel like a massive MacGuffin doesn't. I think the moment where, uh, I mean, Kate McKinnon gets a few of these lines in here, but um, 
there's one moment where she kind of says, uh, uh, yeah, uh, don't, uh, make sure you don't, it's something like, make sure you don't shoot at the top of the car, yeah, basically a nuclear reactor <laughs> on the top of there. And everybody goes, oh, for fuck's sakes, I think. But it doesn't feel like, well, that's going to come back later, but it does. So, I mean, maybe I was being stupid. Maybe it did feel like it was going to come back later, but... Yeah, at the time, it did feel like a throwaway joke. Yeah, it did. It doesn't come back like you say. It doesn't feel like a, you know, Wade's World Chris Farrelly. That seemed to be an awful lot of information. (laughs) But I love those moments that she gets as well. There's a few of them, mainly when she's showing off things, or when she she does that bit where she's like, oh, I've got some fantastic stuff here to show you, and she really hands it up and does some sort of weird, weird you know, vocal things and character traits and stuff like that. Now, that could have been quite annoying. Yeah. It could have been, why are you being so silly and stupid? But it was actually, no, she's she's quirky and quirky. in a good way. She's pumped <laughs> as well. well. That's the first thing she's really excited. She proton gun. Yeah. And she goes, oh. And it, she, she just kind of goes, and it just trips straight down. And she goes, oh, what, what. And it just yeah. starts doing it again. It... it, it my worry in the trip, that's in the trailer, was if that's constant all the way through it, that could yeah. get annoying very quickly. And it is constant all the way through it, but it doesn't get annoying ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it just she does she does do things consistently. Even that scene again, where where she says she hands over the guns and she's like, "Yeah, go go on, have a go of it." And she's in the back in the background doing the baseball thing, like still, like stuff like that could be annoying. I think that probably the the comparison that I've made. Anymore, she was, she was perfect. Yeah, definitely. Hello. Yeah, hello. Sorry, I lost Um, so I think that might be it. Is it definitely not shit? 4K Blu-ray definitely Day One shit, for yeah. me. <laughs> I think I like it even more having talked about it now. As well, yeah, which... I agreed. It's it's it, it, it's. I was always definitely not shitting when I came out of the cinema, but as I've sort of, over the few sort of days since I saw it on, I mean, I saw it on Monday, but um, since Monday, so it's only like three days, the, the bits that that annoyed me, uh, just have stopped rating me, to be honest. They don't really bother me anymore because I don't, actually remember them that much unless I really try and remember. It's the fun bits that I remember, which is, you know, is a better way to look at it, really, rather than trying to go, which bits didn't I like that? Well, I really fuck what which bits I didn't like. These are the bits I liked. Yep. Um, our li- listenership, uh, definitely not shit, 63%. Uh, 
Uh, touching cloth, 5%. And shit, uh, 32%. So, oh. boo to you people. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, fuck, 32% of the people that listen to us are terrible bastards. Wow. Um, I'm kidding. So, um, <laughs> we'll say goodnight to Noel there. We've got to do the end of the show, but we'll let Noel go. Yeah, that might, that might be a good idea, actually, because I think my line's breaking up a little bit. So. Oh, oh, I did. Well, uh, thank you very much for coming on, as always, man. Thank you very thank much, you always. I'll speak to you both very soon. Nice one, dude. Good night. All right. Bye. Bye. L- Lottie. Okay, it's it's time for what we watched. I want to just... Lottie's in the room. I want to see if she'll say what we watched yesterday. Lottie, what was the name of the film we watched yesterday? No, what was the name of the film we watched yesterday? With the birdies. No, I'm asking you. And she's lost interest. What, what was the name of the film we watched with the birdies? No, no, we, you know what the name is. I'm not asking... I'm not saying I'm going to tell you. The film you're watching at the moment. What's the film you're watching downstairs? Birdie sitting. No, birdie sitting. What? Birdie, birdie sitting. No, birdie, birdie go into the water. Birdie go into the water. Yeah. Right. So um, I watched Rio two. Oh, did you know? Um, yeah, Rio two. Do you like Rio two, Lottie? Yeah. What was your favourite bit? In the, they, when they go in the water. Okay, thank you, baby. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye, bye, Uncle Jonah. It's not Uncle Jonah, babe. It's Uncle Mark. Bye, bye, lots. All right. And anyway, um, so that was um, in the future, famed movie reviewer slash director um, <laughs> Lottie Loring. Her first review. She liked the birdies in the water. Um, I'll just say very quickly, and then I'll pass it to you as like we normally do. Rio 2, it's on Netflix. It's pretty. Um, even though I will say the plot of it is Anne Hathaway and Jesse Eisenberg are birds. Uh, they, they now have little kids, and uh, they discover that they're not the last of their kind as they thought that they were in the first one. In fact, there's a, a tribe of the birds in the rainforest, in the Amazonian rainforest. So they all go there. And Jesse Eisenberg's not too sure because he likes being, like, he likes his creature comforts and whatnot. And then Anne Hathaway persuades him to stay. Uh, I was with Jesse Eisenberg up until the start of the third act where he realised he actually wanted to be in the jungle because he wanted to be with his family. No, 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 you want the creature comforts. <laughs> I, I disagreed with the moral of this film. <laughs> you disagreed with the moral of Rio too. Yes. <laughs> Fair play, man. <laughs> uh, like it, it's just like no, no. You you're still you've still got other birds around. You're still like there's your dog mate voiced by Tracy Morgan. Awesome. There's your birdie mates voiced by Will I Am and Jamie Fox. Fine. You know, just stay in Rio. Rio's nice. You don't have to go to the rainforest where you yourself don't like a lot of the stuff around there just because your wife says, oh, my family are here. And I'm even then again, saying that, saying that I moved to Cardiff because 
and a part of it was because we were wanting to have, uh, we, we were thinking we would have kids one day, and we wanted to be closer to Donna's parents. So I am Jesse Eisenberg in Rio 2. Yes, you are. And I, I disagree, no, I, I disagree with his character arc, but I lived it. Yeah. <laughs> so you can, you, you, you actually, you got with it on an emotional and personal level. <laughs> I don't mean it. I like. I really like Wales. I prefer it to England. I don't. I genuinely. I don't mean it. Um, it just. It kind of hit me there. Hang on. I'm saying I don't agree with the fact that he's he's gone to live closer to his wife's parents. Parents. And that's exactly what I've done. <laughs> it's a crushing realization. Yeah. You have to completely re-examine your entire life there. No, I don't. Yeah, Rio 2 is going to re-examine myself. No, no, no. I, like, genuinely, personal situation, couldn't be happier. So that, no, that's bobbins. But no, that just, that, that made me laugh. It's it's colourful. It's it's on Netflix. It'll do for an hour and a half. She was, she was really watching it for a good portion of it. She really liked the singing and the dancing, which for a two-year-old is probably a minimum requirement for a film, and it did well enough for her. Anyway, Mark, back to you, mate. Sorry about that. Cool, no problem. Um, I This week I rewatched uh, Every Once Some, because um, Becky wanted to watch it. Uh, so rewatched that. Sweet. Um, it's still really good. Yeah. It's still really good. Uh, I was a little bit worried with it, um, that, it, it that on second viewing... Um, it wouldn't prove as as watchable because you kind of know you know where it's going and you know the fact that it doesn't go really anywhere um, as such. It very much is a few days in the life. But then again, you kind of know that that's going to be the case anyway with the fact that it's a link later movie. Mm. Um, and I, it, it's I, I really really enjoy it. And I, I think I enjoyed it more the second time round uh, because I knew kind of what to expect from the characters etc. And I knew that it wasn't gonna shit the bed and sort of try and go too big at any point. Uh, what I do think is, 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 a, is a mild kind of shame about uh, everyone wants some, or not a shame, but is, is a different kind of thing. Is it's uh, Link Larry said it's kind of like a spiritual sequel, so something like Dazed and Confused. And Dazed and Confused now has become like a an absolute kind of proper cult um, film, um, uh, and because of that, has been kind of launched into partially because of the McConaughey uh, thing within it. It's partially been launched into very popular film um, kind of culture there, and it's weird that Every Wants Some is a film that's set in the 80s um, but it, it'll never kind of strike the same nerve nowadays as it would have done let's say if it was released maybe 15 20 years ago mm. because people won't kind of discover it slowly it, it, you know it'll it'll arrive on Netflix probably in sort of February or something like that yeah. and it, it'll be there and people will watch it and it's it's the People don't really discover movies anymore. They they just kind of see them, and that's, yeah. it's kind of that's the way that, that things are kind of uh, are going a little bit. It, it's a shame, you know. It's done me wrong. It, it's great now. But we have things like Netflix and Amazon Prime um, and all of these things, and it, you know, it, it's really it's it's very hard to miss anything. Um, but it also does take away a little bit um, from the the discovering of something from the I didn't even know this existed and, and start picking it out. Um, 
so yeah, it is a strange sort of thing. I think about that after that and um, quite a few beers. So maybe that was that coming from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, rewatch the Dark Knight because uh, Isabel's wanting to go through a lot of the um, well, let's go through the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, it, it's the Dark Knight. There's not that much else to be said about it, really. Is there? It's it's a film where it, it it still holds up on every single watch. I think it's a, it really is a fantastic movie, not just a fantastic comic book movie. Um, uh, what else did I watch? I rewatched Drive. Uh, first time in a couple of years, actually. Um, and in in preparation, I think I was going to try and watch more of the uh, reference movies, but uh, I only got to to Drive. Uh, excuse me, I'm about to sneeze, so I shall mute my mic as not to deafen the world. And I'll just say while he's doing that, I meant to get, I did genuinely mean to get to Reffin films, I didn't get to a single bloody one. Did you not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, uh, I got to drive. Um, ironically, I watched Drive on Tuesday night uh, after I passed my driver's test on Tuesday. Uh, so I was quite ironic, I was looking at it going, I can get one of those jackets. <laughs> I get one of those jackets no one has one of those jackets. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I was I was tempted to be with Becky. Said you want one of those jackets? Like I kind of do, yeah. <laughs> so um, it's it's fantastic. It, it's amazing to think. Um, I think with, with with Drive, how at the time it was kind of like Becky. It's the first time Becky's seen it since um, since we watched it on DVD or DVD on Blu-ray when I first got the Blu-ray, which was sort of only like four or five months after it came out of the cinema. So yeah. it's been about sort of four years since since Beck saw it, and she was sort of saying that she was very much looking forward to seeing it to see if it it, it held up or whether or not it it was very much a zeitgeist movie and it got caught up in the in the sort of the the pull that Drive had of, of, of the time. Um, and after it, she was very much like, no, it, it, it genuinely is a a great movie rather than it just being a cool movie, which yeah. sometimes can, can happen. Movies can be cool and, at the time, but as you get further away from that time, uh, they stop, you know, they, they, they start to look dead and they lose that cool. And, you, you know, that's when you go back to some movies you look back at five years, 10 years, 15 years down the line and you go, ah, right. The movie that's in my head's a lot better than the movie that's that, that's out there. Uh, with was Drive, every time I watch it, you start to notice little different bits. Uh, and it, it, it's staggering that you look at a cast now. If you look at a movie nowadays that, that had a cast, starring cast of Ryan Gosling, Kerry Mulligan, Brian Cranston, Oscar Isaacs, and then you add with the and Christine Hendricks, Ron Perlman, and Albert Brooks in there. It, it really is a. It, it's no sort of wonder that it, that it was as good as it was with the sort of people behind it. But it's so. Uh, there's so much going on in that movie that, that make it such a fantastic movie and, you know, Reffin comes to it and adds, you know, what already would have probably been a very, very good movie. He, he adds his particular style to it uh, and just kind of, it fits everything so well and it feels so lush. Gosling delivers a, a great performance, but there's, there's so much going on in it. The musical cues are fantastic and he uses that to, to kind of elevate the story, which is quite a sort of simple crime story, really. There's not, there's not actually an awful lot there, but that's it's, that's that's the the beauty of it is the fact that there's so little there, and the scenes that that really elevate it, and there's there's, there's it's, it's nuances that take it sort of past it. it it's not the the big scenes that the, that the impressive scenes. It's stuff like Ryan Gosling walking in slightly slow motion down a hallway, carrying a, a, a child. Um, 
you know, that's, that's the moments where you go, this is where it's being lifted. It, it's the lights going down in an elevator um, as Gosling turns around to Kerry Mulligan. They're the moments that really kind of set this apart rather than the what's about to happen. It's, it's, it really is, it still stands up as a, a properly great movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, I've, you know, now the Neon Demon review has been had, and like, I don't want to get into it, but the Cliff Martinez score is by far in that film one of my favourite things. And I think, as well as the soundtrack cues, I mean, I think the individual work that Cliff Martinez does in there is, is, yeah. is fantastic, and particularly the um, like the the lift scene, that kind of like the moment of like like probably like weirdly the happiest moment of the, the the film where they 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 kiss and there's that kind of, that that martinez kind of slowed down kind of score as it's all slow motion before he um like pounds the shit out of that guy um yeah and i mean it, it, it's weird because i mean like we're, we're at 2016 now and i think that drive and social network which i were both 2010 um, i know i know social network was uh, Drive was 2011, wasn't oh, it? Oh, shit, okay, fair enough. Well, oh, yeah, no, yeah, Social Network, I was still working in the cinema. Yeah. Oh, no, Driver was as well. Driver was as well, yeah. yeah no, but, um, but, Social Network yeah, was 2010, yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, like, it's it's weird. That I, I don't, I, I kind of think, like, even though we're only just over halfway through the decade, there's not going to be two scores slash soundtracks that are going to be as pinnacle for me as social network and drive like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, dr- there is I social, hope so yeah I mean social network uh, kind of it, the score for that has, has been so influential in, in the way and, and, and to an extent I'd say you could say drive as well yeah. they've been very influential in not just um not just sort of uh, more cult and genre circles in you know widespread film that they've they've influenced the way that films have been scored very heavily uh, since they came out. You know the the synthiness of, of Drive, and then you know with Social Network that kind of um, more less orchestral um, scoring of things has kind of died down and you've, you've built up to, it's more kind of, it's more band, I don't want to say band-based, but less kind of orchestra-based and more four or five guys in a room can produce these sounds. It's very, like you say, they've, they've, they've had fantastic scores, but also they've, they've had a great influence on, on the way that movies have been scored. And the way that movies are scored is, you know, is what creates so much atmosphere in films. It, you know, it, it does get kind of overlooked a little bit by some people. I mean, fuck it, we're going to see um, John Carpenter in a, in a few months. And, you know, it, it, the tingle you're going to get you know, when you hear things like the, you know, the, those first little bars from Escape from New York or um, The Thing and things like that. It, it tears them fucking back of your neck. It's, it, it's that kind of thing that you get with it. It's, it's, it's really, you know, it absolutely adds to it. And, you know, Cliff Martin has, has, has been doing some, some fantastic work in the past few years. Yeah, man. I, yeah, no, exa- no, exactly. I mean, it's, because it's interesting, I mean, even with social networks, slight tangent, but I'll be quick. The fact that, you know, Trent Reznor and Atticus uh, Ross did the um, the score for Go With The Dragon Tattoo as well, but then <laughs> how that is, Immigrant Song aside, it's almost more sound design than it is score, and listening to that on its own doesn't quite feel right, but in the world of the film it works perfectly, whereas Social Network, that works as an album on its on its own. 
Um, yeah. It, I mean, it, it really does. So, I, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, Gongo, I haven't listened to it out, um, outside it of the It's really show. good. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm interested. I fucking... Right, Gongo. I think I'm going to rewatch Gongo this week. I've ha- I bought that fucker on iTunes, like, when it came out, and I still haven't watched it. And I, 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 I think Gongo's fantastic. It's better every time I watch it. Gongo, yeah, no, get, don't get me wrong. In the cinema, it was the shit. I just, I, it's, I don't know. It's the runtime. It's, you know, anything over yeah. two hours on a on a weeknight is just a bit too much of a challenge. <laughs> you know, but but yeah, but anyway, yeah, no, I just, I, it, like Cliff Martinez is, the, I mean, that man is the shit. There Absolutely, you go. yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, and he's doing the upcoming Wolverine movie, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting, man. Like after Deadpool and whatnot, it's like this is Jackman's last one. It kind of feels like they're just going to go full on. Let's just fucking have it. Yeah, and the fact that it's going to be an, an R-rated Wolverine movie as well is it, it, it's going to be cool. Yeah, whether yeah. or not. Whether or not you'll end up with an R-rated version and a PG-13 version, I'm not sure. I, I don't think so after Deadpool. Like, like, Possibly not, no. I, I, I mean, like, my God, I, I'm still staggered. I am still fucking staggered about Deadpool, but couldn't be happier about it. But that, that film alone, I think, makes sure that The Wolverine 3, whatever it's called, is R-rated. Because why not now? Why not? That's it. The, 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 you know, it, it, Deadpool with nearly eight hundred million put proved that R-rated movies can still, you know, with with the right ideas and the right kind of marketing, can still can still work. Yeah, I mean, how much did X Men Apocalypse make? You know, like it it made less. I know that much. Yeah, I mean, it was it was considered a bit of a. Bit of a flop, wasn't yeah, it? Actually, yeah, I mean, even though it was a flop, I don't think. I mean, even though yes, but, okay, like um, summer box office is more of a challenge than February, but fuck, I need to. Uh, I think five hundred and thirty million. Yeah, there you go. You know, so what? That's like a third less. Yeah, off. You know, nearly four times the budget. Uh, yeah, I, that it just crazy. Incidentally, slight tangent, but not really. Um, the Jeff Goldsmith's excellent Q and A podcast. Um, I've been listening today uh, to uh, a Q and A did with Simon Kinberg, who wrote X Men Apocalypse, and that is fascinating because Kinberg is very like on a lot of things. Well, I had some discussions with Brian and. Maybe it was the right thing that happened on screen, and there's there's an awful lot of inference of uh, of issues there, and I also things where he was saying what he was aiming to do, and he says like, but maybe that didn't fully come out on screen. Oh, that man's written some terrible films. What Kimberg? Yeah, man. Like, yeah, yeah. The 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 trick pull. X sequel. This is this is. I'm gonna go through every movie he's written. He's right? he's he says himself like he was not on set of the Triple X sequel. He doesn't really consider it to be his. It's it's still a credit. Yeah. Uh, fair uh, and, and, and let's let's face it. That's a bit like him saying, "Look, I did that shit, that shit, and that shit, and that shit." But I don't remember doing that shit. But it might be mine. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, his next one after that was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. 
they did X-Men The Last Stand, they did Jumper, then Sherlock Holmes, then This Means War, then Days of Future Past, then Fantastic Four, and then X-Men Apocalypse. That man should be allowed to write things. I want to watch Fantastic Four again, and I want to have a debate with someone, because I'm still convinced that that film is a three out of five. You're insane. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can, you, can have a, you can have a debate with whoever you want, you'll still be wrong. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but I will rewatch it again. Fair enough. Um, right, uh, what else have I watched this week? Um, I watched uh, Breakdown, the 1997 uh, Jonathan Mostow movie. Oh, Kurt uh, Russell. Kurt Russell and J.T. Walsh. Nice. Yeah, uh, and Kathleen Quinn. Um, do you know what's great about this movie? It's 93 minutes long. Yeah, sweet. Right? Okay. This film is 93 minutes long. It starts, but anybody who hasn't seen Breakdown, you have to watch it because it is fantastic. The film starts with Kurt Russell driving along in a brand new Jeep uh, with his wife, Kathleen Quinlan, and then they're moving um, to Florida. So he's driving along, and a guy pulls out in front of him uh, along a, a desert sort of highway, and he has to swerve around him. And then the guy um, who is played by uh, MC uh, Ganey um, then catches up with him uh, at a, a rest stop and sort of chews him out about it. Uh, and then a few minutes later, as he's, um, Kurt Russell has sort of set off and he's driving along, his Jeep, brand new Jeep, cuts out on him and uh, Kathleen Quinlan ends up taking a uh, ride to the nearest sort of phone, which is five miles down the road from J.T. Walsh. Kurt Russell then realises, hmm, actually, there doesn't actually appear to be anything wrong with my car, it's just these wires here. Uh, goes to the, the rest stop and his wife, no one's ever heard of her. You know, J.T. Walsh, doesn't know who he is, doesn't know who Kurt Russell is, never heard of his wife, etc., etc., and then shit starts to get real. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. It's such a great kind of, um, a great genre flick starring, you know, Kurt Russell at, at the time, who was a, a massive star still at the time. Uh, I mean, he was, he was, he was a big enough star that I remember, I remember reading some, do you remember the, um, TV show that used to be on when we were kids called, uh, Movies, Games and Videos? Yeah, man. Yeah. I remember. Um, I remember seeing... when it used to just be called movies, movies, movies. Yes, I remember it was called movies, movies, movies. <laughs> but I remember on. But at this point, it was movies, games, and videos. I think. I mean, it was because it was towards the end. Um, there'd been an interview with JT Walsh um, on that wow. about, uh, about this, um, and he was talking about uh, how good it was to work with Kurt Russell, and was saying, you know, it's really cool, you know, working with Kurt. He's this huge, he's this huge movie star, and you know, he'd arrive. Um, on set on the morning uh, in a helicopter and then he'd get taken back just so he could go home, uh, you know, and spend time with his family on a night, and, you know, and we're all there in these you know, hot-ass trailers, but Kurt's this, this huge star. He said, but he's just, he's just really cool. And I remember that was, that was kind of weird uh, that, that that was, that, 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 that kind of stuck with me from there. Um, but yeah, it, it's, a, it's still holds up. It's still a great movie. It's still 90 minutes of essentially... Um, Kurt Russell trying to work out what the fuck's going on and then taking on, you know, JT Walsh. It's, it's, it's great. Hey, yeah, I, I, it, years, years since I watched that. I had a, um, God, I had a period like getting on for uh, 20 years ago now, like 15, 20 years ago, where my, uh, my dad used to be a publican 
um, and I'd like stay the weekend uh, with him. And me and my stepbrothers at the time would just like what rent shit from the local blockbuster because my dad. Do you remember Blockbuster back in the day? Yeah. You, you could have, like, like family memberships. Yes. And all it basically required was the, the parent giving the date of birth and the name, and then you'd get your own little card. Yeah. My dad always used to think I was a year older than I actually was. <laughs> so, like, he always got my fucking the year of my birth wrong. So... I was able to rent the 15s when I was 14 and 18s when I was 17. And, like, me and my stepbrothers had a fucking field day with that shit, man. Oh, like, yeah. Christ. I, I, oh, like, it just, just came to my mind. The day that my dad mistakenly heard my stepmom say, yeah, I think Devil's Advocate is okay with them, when she he thought she, like, she, he thought she said it wasn't, it was, but it wasn't. Like, she was not happy about that. And then she walked in just as we were finishing up Devil's Advocate, and I thought my stepmom was the coolest stepmom in the world for letting me watch Devil's Advocate. Because I think I was, like, what year did that thing come out? Like, 97, 98? 97, yeah. 97, right. So it would have been on video in, like, 98. I would have been, like, 14. And that fucking... That, that film is, like... 18. Like, pretty hard as well, you well, know. Well, let me tell you, uh, Devil's Advocate, I remember, um, I mean, I'm a couple of years, a couple of years older than you? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, we used to, my dad used to, uh, one of the few things we used to do together was watch uh, a movie every Sunday night. Um, and th- what used to happen was, but I'd say, all right, uh, well, you pick it up on the way, you pick it up on sort of Sunday afternoon. Uh, and then we'll watch it on, on Sunday night. And we used to have a takeaway and we used to watch a movie. And I had the deal at the the, the video shop I used to go to because it was a it was a privately owned one where my dad had literally told the guy he can rent whatever he wants as long as it's not porn. Yeah. Which, which which the guy meant he can just rent whatever. Um, nice. And I went in and got like, Devil's Advocate. And if there's anything like that, when I thought that that was maybe a little bit I probably shouldn't be watching because I was probably like soft. 15 when this came out uh, when we watched this but if there was anything sort of like that was a little bit mm, not sure he'd be there watching it but I remember uh, one time uh, it was a bank holiday weekend <laughs> um, and so he decided that over the two nights of the Sunday and the Monday um, because his uh, his girlfriend at the time was now his wife uh, she was away for the weekend so he wasn't spending any time there so he'd actually have Sunday and Monday um, at home he decided we were going to watch Once Upon a Time in America nice. and I was like Bloody I was hell. like 13, 14 and, and we started watching it and it, we got about sort of 45 minutes in when uh, the cop is having sex with the what's it um, the underage prostitute on the roof but I was kind of looked at me and so I think that maybe you should be watching this. Which which literally to my dad meant you shouldn't be watching this, but I'm enjoying it. Nice. <laughs> that, that was it. <laughs> nice. So I literally could watch could watch anything. One moment. <laughs> but um, that's good. I, I I mean, but yeah, like breakdown was one of those films that I rented when I was too young to rent, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and and yeah, I was able to do it. But Devil's Advocate, man, like 
I watched that last year and it, 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 it earlier this year. I, think I remember was, you it's, talking about it. It's a lot of fucking fun, that movie. A lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. That kind of feels like that's a future commentary track. Yes, <laughs> it definitely could be. I, I, yeah, I'd be up for that. With some of the greatest Al Pacino impressions you'll get. <laughs> oh, I bet. Cool. Uh, last one I watched. Uh, I decided to watch Tammy. I decided to give it a go um, because I was looking and going, do you know what? That's a little bit of a hole in my MacArthur. Um, kind of, I've grown to actually, she, she's won me over very much over the past sort of year or two. Um, and so I thought that that's, this is it. If I can get through that and not, not hate her and hate myself. I'll, I'll be okay because that kind of looked like the the the, the wrong, you know, the, the the worst of the bunch. Um, it's perfectly all right, actually, Tommy. It's you know, don't wrong. It's not good by any stretch of the imagination, but I found it to be perfectly all right. Yeah, yeah, I I, I seem to remember thinking that as well. I'm just going to try and pull up my letterbox actually. Um, yeah, um, it's it's it's. <laughs> It's weird the fact that you've got Melissa McCarthy playing Alice and Johnny's daughter when she's only like what eleven, twelve years younger than her, yeah. and then Alice and Johnny playing Susan Sarandon's daughter when she's only like um, sort of ten years younger than her as well. Um, but yeah, I was watching it, and I think it was watching it with Becky. And Becky paused it at one point and went, "Be honest with me, as as a guy, Susan Sarandon in this, would you?" And I looked and just went, do you know what? I might actually, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, yeah. So she still looks quite hot for a, for a lady who's supposed to play somebody who's in like their 70s. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was it was all right. It was nice seeing Delacroix turn up towards the end as well. Um, it's by no means perfect, but it's, fuck it, it's 95 minutes long. <laughs> I, um, I, I was two and a half out of five on Letterboxd. Didn't hate it. Weirdly lacks focus and the cast is made oh, up of big yes, names. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's all over the place. Yeah, um, the cast is made up of big names doing fuck all. Um, what the hell, Tony Collette, I've put in here. I think, isn't she like um, the, the, the woman that her husband gets with or something? Yeah, the yeah. One that, uh, yeah. And she's in it for like 30 seconds. Yeah, she's, she's in it for a collection of 30 seconds, which still only adds up to 30 seconds yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, made me laugh a few times. Length doesn't offend. There you go. You know, that, that, so. that's, that's pretty much a perfect review, but that's pretty much what I thought of it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the robbery was quite amusing. The, sorry? There's a robbery in it where she robs a... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She used to work out, which, which is quite amusing. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, no it's, it's fine. I mean, it's... The boss was better. The boss is a lot better, yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that's that's it. That's everything I watch. Well, go, go on. I'll let you. I'll, I'll, I'll let you unleash your what you've been watching. Right, yo. Um, so obviously, I already talked about Rio two. Um, I've actually only got a, a couple of things um, so far this week, but uh, yeah, I'll talk about the rest of it next week. Um, so, movie strikes again. Um, this week's movie watch was The Club, uh, which is a film from last year. Won a prize at Cannes, if I remember correctly. I think it won, won the Silver Bear at the Berlin Film Festival. Um, oh, this summary will do on Letterboxd. Thank you, Letterboxd. In a secluded house in a small seaside town live four unrelated men and the woman who tends to the house and their needs. 
all former priests. They have been sent to this quiet exile to purge the sins of their pasts, the separation from their communities, the worst form of punishment by the church. They keep to a strict daily schedule, devoid of all temptation and spontaneity. Each moment, a deliberate effort to atone for their wrong on wrongdoings. Okay, like the first like half of that was a pretty good summary, and then it tailed off. Um, so yeah, the the club. Um, I WhatsApped you guys an image from this uh, a few days back, talking about. Uh, th- there's a lot of talk about semen. <laughs> and um, basically, there's there's a guy who becomes obsessed with the house because he was diddled by a priest. And maybe one of the priests in the house, maybe not. And there's a guy who is really fastidious. And after an incident at the house... He is called in by the church to basically uh, conduct an investigation and potentially, essentially, close the house. And this fastidious, stuck-up guy meets the guy who is psychologically damaged but talks about cum and dick a lot. (coughs) What do you think is going to happen? It... I don't know, it just, it felt like because it was being really frank about dicks and cum, that then it was, and in a serious setting, that people make it, maybe give it a boost up in critical appreciation when maybe they shouldn't. It reminds me of Stranger by the Lake. Did you you see that? (laughs) I didn't. I started watching it, uh, but couldn't quite couldn't quite get on with it. Uh, so I thought I, I think I'm in the wrong mood for this. I'll, I'll come back to it. Yeah, um, I, I've got to say, I, most uncomfortable train watch ever. <laughs> um, I can't believe I, I I watched part of that film on a train. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. But again, that film, which I, I remember watching the the, the opening to uh, um, the loft. Uh, on, a, on a train. Oh, mate, I watched that on the bus. I watched that on the coach home from, like, Manchester one time. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I was watching it on, on, on a train, sat next to a woman, and I, and I thought, I, I was watching it, and I could see it up on town looking at it, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to watch something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I just... Hello? But, I mean, Sorry. yeah, no, they agree. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, sorry, there was a bit of a delay there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, so it's like that where that film is really, really frank about this stuff, and that that's great. But the film around them, I don't think are that great, and I wonder if they were heterosexual in their content, whether they would be thought of quite as 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 much I, I which might be a bit of a controversial thing to say and it's nothing it's nothing to do with the the fact that it's gay centric in the slightest i just think the quality of the films themselves are not that great and i do wonder whether that that's a factor in it i i whether there's a i, I maybe a little bit of almost positive discrimination going on i i, I don't know 
I, I, I mean, maybe that, that's a, 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 a bit of a, I'm a white heterosexual male, how dare I say that kind of thing. But. You're allowed to say that kind of thing. I, I, yeah, and I mean, we're all friends here, and if anybody want, would like to talk to me about that and have a reasoned conversation about it, that is a-okay with me. Um, and, and the thing is, I mean, the film builds atmosphere very well. The performances are all very good, but I, I'm assuming the Silver Bear is second prize at the Berlin Film Festival. I, it actually won the uh, it won the uh, Jury Grand Prix at Cannes at uh, at the Berlin. Oh, okay. Sorry, forgive me. I thought it won the Silver Bear. I or maybe that is the Silver Bear. I don't know. I think it is a, no Golden Bear. It's the Golden Bear. Shit. Yeah. Okay. No, sorry, it is the Silver Bear. It is the Silver it Bear. It is the Silver bear. bear. Okay. Yeah. I would think it was maybe a weak year if this film won that. What 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 won the golden bear that year? So it would have been what two thousand fifteen. Yeah, it was last year. It was Taxi, the Iranian movie. Okay, yeah, which I I haven't seen, but yeah, heard very good things about. So no, that, that fair enough. It yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I will say, movie. You know, this won second prize at a film festival last year. It's already available for streaming. It's only just come out on DVD and Blu-ray in the UK as well, and yet it's already available for streaming. Yes, movie, it's only for 30 days, but again, again, if you like your uh, arty affair, even though to be fair, they've also got Footloose and The Keep and Elizabeth Town on movie at the moment. Um, I, I do have to wonder why any film fan who doesn't have a spare few quid a month would not be on movie at the moment because there's always something to watch on there and I'm again movie is uh, the club is one where I never would have fucking watched it if it was if it wasn't for something like movie because it, it kind of forced me to watch it because I had a bit of a countdown and I'm you know I'm glad I did I did it's a good film I just don't think it's as good as its reputation says. And I think that the reason why its reputation is what it is, is maybe, 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 maybe a bit political in its, in its origins. I think you could absolutely argue that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but you know, I, I'm more than happy to have a discussion with it and I'm not saying I hated it. I didn't, I would recommend it. The performances are great. It, it, it does. It's got a very nice strain in, in in brooding, unsettling atmosphere. But fuck me, does it come to nothing in the end? <laughs> um, very quickly, before you, you go into the next one, uh, I will say very quickly. Uh, I did start watching uh, Focus uh, the other day. Uh, I made it half an hour in before I turned it off, but I will get back to it. I like Focus. I turned it off just because it was so boring. Uh, not bad, just just really boring. Um, also, as well. Um, and I swear this is true. This is going on at the moment uh, as we are recording. Um, <laughs> right, the Euros are coming to an end tonight, and the final is in about half an hour's time. Mm. And one of the key things that has been taken from the Euros, with the exception of the fact that it's 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 been a bit of a letdown, has been the fact that it's been heavily criticised for its poor organisation uh, from from the the France of. Um, 
the French police uh, um, have, have conducted themselves to the actual the way that the stadiums themselves have actually um, conducted stewarding to outright kind of like the scheduling etc and things like that. Um, the Stade de France has got a moth problem at the moment, <laughs> uh, where it has been invaded by giant moths, and apparently the reason is that. During one of the safety tests last night, they forgot to turn the floodlights off. Oh, for fuck's sake! Because <laughs> have you heard the uh, the fact that the Welsh, um, the Football Association of Wales, uh, have been given a warning? For what? I, I swear to God, this is true. Um, the Football Association of Wales have been given a warning because. Um, they, um, frankly, the Wales players were bringing, uh, at the end of the games, uh, namely mostly uh, at the end of the uh, Belgium game, um, a few of the players came on with their kids and sort of waved at the fans with their kids. Yeah. Um, and UEFA's uh, current incumbent, uh, who is heading up the, the tournament, because remember, UEFA don't have an actual president at the moment mm. because the three that have been in line to it have all been done for corruption, what a surprise, uh, said this is a European tournament and a European football celebration, not a family party. Oh, fuck off. Which is exactly what I said when I read that. Uh, and then it said um, the organiser of the tournament, um, you know, who is uh, I think the vice president of um, French football and um, on the board of UEFA, has said the French players, well, the uh, Wales players were warned uh, about this, and it's not really a safe place. A, a sports stadium uh, like this isn't really a safe place to bring children, is it? Hang on a minute. You've just spent the past few months and the entire fucking tournament telling people that these stadiums are absolutely safe to bring families to. Yeah, yeah. And now you're saying that they're not the safest players to have actually in the belly of the stadium where the players are. Yeah, that's Seriously. You know, it's, it, it is laughable how bad you are for a thing in this tournament. Oh, and, and speaking of Zeitgeist as well, I just want to say, Pokemon Go, I don't oh. get it. I, I mean, unless you have nostalgia for Pokemon, no. What are you doing? Exactly, yeah. What Seriously, what the fuck are you doing? There's a guy in my work who was actually getting an Android phone, binning his iPhone because you can sideload it onto an Android phone now. Oh, that's pathetic. It's going on the fucking... Uh iOS star like Wednesday. Yeah, I, I just not. I, I, that that is the sort of thing where is if, if, if he told me that, I'd I'd have gone from kind of laughing at him talking about it to tell me that to go. Really, honestly, and if he was if the response was yeah, I'd go. Oh Christ, you're pathetic. No, I I, I actually not, I, not I, even I, funny anymore. You just that's that's. You need to see somebody. I, I, I actually said to him, what the fuck is wrong with you? And his yeah. manager just burst out laughing. Yeah, that, that would be that would be my response as well. In, in, in not even in a, I'm joking anymore way, just in a, oh, please, come I, on. Yeah, I, uh, anyway. Um, uh, my, my last one couldn't be any more different from the club. Well, <laughs> it involves clubbing. I think I know what this is. Is it a night at the Roxbury? It is a night at the Roxbury. Yeah, yes. I watched a night at the Roxbury, the I Will Ferrell Chris Kattan film that is somehow from 1998. 
Have you seen this before? No. You've, that, this is your third, because I haven't watched this since about 1999 or something like that. Mate, I cannot, right. It feels like it should be 91, 92. Yeah. It is it, 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 so yeah. weird how, like, old this film feels. Yeah. If you watched it and you didn't know when it was made, you would say it was in early 90s. You'd say it was somewhere between 90, 91 and early 94. I think, I mean, like, there was a song in the soundtrack at one point that made me think, hang on, this isn't as old as I think it is. Yeah. And then I had to have a look, and I can't remember what the song is for the life of me, but uh, it, it, I, it's staggering, staggering that this film is less than 20 years old. Um, I, I, it just, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, but I, I mean, I laughed a few times. It's really short. Yeah, it's about 80 minutes long, isn't it? Yeah, like 80, 84 minutes long, I think. Um, I remember, I, I remember, I remember somebody commenting on it saying that, um, the soundtrack's only 20 minutes shorter than the film. Yeah, I mean, there's music all the way through this thing. It's, um, yeah, yeah, staggering. I, I don't know why I watched it. Did you enjoy it, though? It was fine. It was fine. Like, I, I will never, ever, 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 ever watch it again. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's one of those where you'd think... It would be like like a cult classic and a classic that, that kind of like everybody would watch because of who's in it, but it's not. People will watch it and go, "Oh my god, it's an early Will Ferrell movie," and then watch it and go, "Oh yeah, that's an early Will Ferrell movie." Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. I'm done on it. But A Night at the Roxbury, it it was basically I was looking to beef up my like attempts at a film a day average so it was like 80 minutes yeah why not <laughs> that's it um and i'm done are you done i i am done yes so um i'm gonna start being a parent and uh we will skip on to twitter questions in just a second yeah okay so um Questions and stuff, do we have any? We don't actually have any, no. <laughs> All right, we'll just do the end of the show then. Um, yeah. Keanu is out this week, and I believe there is a rip online. There is a rip online. There's also a rip of um, Elvis uh, and Nixon. Is that out this week? That was out last week, I believe. Hmm. Okay. I'll go. I can happily do Keanu. Yeah, let's do Keanu. Um, I don't know whether I could commit to doing Elvis and Nixon. Um, yeah, I don't think I could commit to doing that in, in, in like a few days, but Keanu's fine. Yeah, I can do Keanu. No problem. Okay. Cool. So, uh, right. So uh, that's the end of the show. We don't, um, we have had no Twitter questions. Boo all of you. Yeah, um, we we may have email, but to be honest, my laptop's kind of um, running out of battery anyway. So if we do have any, thank you, and we'll read it in the next episode. Um, this next week, we are going to be doing Keanu, uh, the Key and Peel uh, comedy, which I'm really looking forward to actually. Um, and we'll see uh, we'll see how that goes. We'll also talk some uh, what we've been watching and whatnot. So uh, the huge. Uh, so. 
So um, I hope everybody enjoyed this uh, longer than usual episode. Thanks again to Noel. Yeah. And uh, Mark, anything else? No, I think that's 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 about everything covered in there. Like I say, it's a bit, a bit of a bumper show this week. Absolutely, man. So um, dudeandthemonkey.com, uh, obviously. Uh, the podcast, obviously. And we are out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, people.